So, Sean, your work Pathways is going to be presented by Nisa at the first evening concert at a gathering of Canadian sound art. And the piece is described as an improvised sound performance. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the role of improvisation in this piece and your work as a larger whole. Yeah, I, uh, for hmm, how long now? Uh, I guess about 10 years or a bit more. Um, I've been working with improvising live with sounds. I have a collection of sounds that I've um, gathered myself. Uh, some are soundscapes, some are field recordings of different kinds, some are noises, some are processed sounds that I pre-processed and, and whatever. And I have uh, quite a large library of stuff. Um, and then in my performances, I've been, I've created my own uh, software in the Max MSP programming environment, uh, where I can mix and process those sounds with my own effects that I've designed. And then, uh, so basically, I just have all the files all the time. <laughs> and uh, I uh, just start seeing what's in different folders and deciding what directions that this performance would go in um, based on you know the types of sounds they are. And so if they're textural or high or low frequency or these sorts of you know attributes of the sounds and then just based on where things are sounding at that moment I you know mix sounds that are similar or different depending if I want to change the direction of the performance at that moment and I try to uh, queue up uh, well I have four sound file players enough to get too technical here but <laughs> so I try to queue up probably about five to eight minutes in advance of future sounds. Um, but this changes all the time, depending on how I'm processing those sounds, you know, speeding them up, slowing them down, various other mashing of them or whatever. And so then sometimes those trajectories take a turn and I'll say, okay, no, everything I've queued up is wrong. <laughs> and I'll just go back to my folders and start uh, finding stuff that will go in this new direction, whatever it is, depending on, you know, my decision at that moment. So it's quite freestyle that way. And, uh, and I never know what I'm getting. And because I'm processing the sounds, you know, that I have, even if I'm using the same sounds, it ends up being a completely different performance every time. So it, in pathways, getting back to your original <laughs> question in this piece, I've kind of, um, selected kind of a theme in this case. I don't always do that um, about this, um, you know, travel and pathways and directions and changing moments. And it does fit with kind of how I compose, but also the types of sounds that I've been selecting are sounds that uh, are of places or remind me of places or, um, there's like this context to myself when I'm using those sounds. And so I'm thinking about those as well, like where the sounds came from and what they remind me of in my own sort of travels, you know, uh, going around the world, performing and composing and teaching. And uh, so that's kind of where the, the title Pathways comes from. 
So the sounds come from your own library and then how you're processing them is also from your own code in Mac. So basically everything that you're doing is sort of handmade, hand tailored to you as a performer. Yeah, that's correct. And that's been my uh, direction for my performances uh, for, for about a decade now. And um, it's always improvisational. Like every time that you get up on the stage, it's improvisatory. Um, with these types of performances, yes. I do other shows that are a bit more planned. Like I, I work a lot with contemporary dance. And with those shows, then we would have kind of uh, these scenes figured out. Um, and then I would, you know, I'd have certain uh, sometimes pre-improvised bits that I'll slide in there. But then I'm also processing them and adding new stuff uh, as well. So then those ones are more set. So the dancers have a structure, but then I'm also messing with them. So, um, <laughs> so it, it's kind of like a starting point for all my creative sort of practices at the moment. Like if they're totally improv shows like this one, then, you know, it's really freestyle. If it's something more planned, like a dance performance or something, I'll, I still like the improvisatory aspect and the dancers I work with are really, you know, good improvisers and into that you know, keeping it fresh. And then I also do fixed media pieces. Uh, but then my process for those has been to improvise, generate sounds, and then, uh, you know, edit them in a, in a, uh, in an editing program into a piece. So then, uh, there is that, uh, improvisatory kind of foundation for those works too. Nice. So it's a really big part of what you do. Yeah, yeah, it has been for quite a while now. So how do you communicate journey and travel through sound, tangibly speaking? Um, in this piece, um, like some of the sounds that I have available are soundscapes, like just, uh, you know, that I've gathered in places. And so I think my approach will be to kind of start with a place and then abstract it and then go into some, you know, little tangent somewhere and then <laughs> yeah. come back to a real place again and kind of create this sort of paths between the places. That's just my sort of game plan at the moment. So, And does the physicality of your performance, do you think that aids in conveying these themes or at least for this particular performance where you're aiming for um, connectivity and pathways in place? Um... Because I know you're working with a gestural controller. Do you think that will that yeah. aids in that theme? Mm, I just like the performability of having, a, like I use an accelerometer uh, with a button on it that I can, you know, have things change or add a little bit of variation to things just by moving it around. Um, I think my idea with that is to, you know, kind of add this extra element of performability that there's something that I'm doing other than clicking on my mouse right. <laughs> uh, in order to add variation to things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I kind of reprogram my Max patch every time. And so it depends on the show what I'm varying with the parameters of the accelerometer. So, uh, so yeah, it kind of depends on the show with that. So the gestural controller is not something that requires you to make sort of big grand movements or anything. It's a little more subtle than that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The way I've been using it. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not wired 
to notes or something like this where you're really making big changes. It's more um, parameters of the sounds that I'm processing. And then I'm making, you know, little increments or um, it, it adds a certain amount of finesse to the show where I can control some aspect of the sound just by moving my hand a little bit. Right. Um, so, it, yeah, it's just different than using the mouse, what you get out of it. So, uh, yeah. And what have you found to be the most effective controller for your mode of performance? Is it this accelerometer? Well, I'm still working on that part. That's uh, <laughs> something I'm exploring at the moment is, uh, is these accelerometers that I've acquired and, uh, and then figuring out like, is this something, you know, how can I use this with the type of, you know, sound pieces that I'm making and how do I, you know, make that work with the sort of performability and, um, this, I don't know, musicality, although whatever you want to call that, <laughs> you know, how it, how it affects the way things sound. So this is actually what I'm going to be working on over the next bunch of months. Um, I've been working with these sensors with dancers and having them affect video and, and aspects of the sound. But uh, I also want to incorporate that into my own sound performances more. So I'm thinking about it, you know? It's evolving. <laughs> Sounds it's good. Evolving. Yeah. And who knows, you know, what other doodads might get in there. So uh, <laughs> it, uh, I, I, I teach um, interactive art and sound art. So I am pretty familiar with, you know, the software and the hardware. And so it's a matter of building something for myself that I like. So let's see. That's nice. You don't have to order it somewhere and hope that it fits your needs. You can just build your own doodad. Yeah, which is part of the fun, but also <laughs> it takes some time, right? So Of course, of course. Um, so you describe Pathways as a piece that surfs across various genres of sound art. Um, is polystylism, genre-bending sort of a big part of your practice? Mm, I'm just a diverse kind of guy, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I've been creating sound art and electronic music and ambient music for for quite many years, uh, I guess more than 30 now. Um, and so I've just had, you know, all these experiences in with different sort of musics and sound art and, and whatnot. And so then all these have some, you know, influence in what I do. So, uh, so depending on my shows, like sometimes they're very ambient and quiet and I throw in a lot of, um, uh, field recording sounds and stuff like that. And then other times they're really noisy and like just complete distorted <laughs> madness. And, uh, and that's okay too. It just depends on the context and, and the moment and these types of things. And I kind of pull from all those things depending what I'm up to. So you're just an so, avid uh, consumer of various genres yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and generator of these things too. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just yeah, I've never I don't limit myself uh, as far as you know what I can pull from for inspiration or or what I'm doing. Um, I think just uh, I've established you know with my own sort of creative career that you know I I do lots of different things and people are happy with 
with the shows, you know, <laughs> they don't go to my show expecting, okay, this is going to be all, you know, completely ambient drone. Um, they go knowing that they're going to get something that's going to touch on some different, you know, subgenres of experimental music and whatever they're going to get, it's going to be something that's going to take them on a, you know, on a ride somewhere. That's exciting. I, I feel like audiences appreciate a little bit of surprise. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Why not? You know? <laughs> so what... Keep them uh, enjoying. Exactly. Uh, one thing I noticed is that a lot of the documentation of your works is accompanied by really compelling photographs. And so you're using some gestures in your performance in terms of um, the controller. So I thought these two things might be connected. How important is the visual aspect and kinetic aspect in your work? It really depends on the shows. Um, I don't know which photos you've seen, but uh, sometimes I have like uh, um, like um, objects on stage that are met metal or something, and then they they have uh, like contact microphones on them and things. Mm -hmm. So then I really can you know throw them around or bow them if they're metal sheets or uh, or what have you, and and perform in a more kind of a physical way. Um, and sometimes, you know, when I'm working with dance, you know, then, you know, everyone else is moving. So sometimes I do some movement on stage and uh, kind of join in that part of the performance. So um, it depends on the show and the context and, and, uh, and the moment. But uh, I, I like, I like to uh, have some movement uh, I always enjoy those shows where I'm actually, you know, dragging something around or banging on it or, or what have you. They're always good fun. Um, so, yeah, it, it depends. But, uh, yeah, it's a nice part of a performance when it happens, for sure. So for a Sean Pinchbeck show, it might be handy to have a video recording as opposed to just the audio. It sometimes helps, yeah. Yeah, and actually for this show, I think I'm going to do some video as well. Um, I've been playing around with not only doing live improvised sound, but live improvised video as well. Oh. And uh, so I have, again, my own Max patch that I've written uh, to do video processing and mixing. It's quite simple at the moment, but thinking about it more and more. And, uh, and it has some interaction where it reacts to the sound uh, that's happening. And uh, so then it creates kind of a, a connected visual with the sound in that way. Um, and then also I'm mixing different visual images together and, and processing them and distorting them and stuff on the fly, which is quite tricky doing both audio and video at the same time. I imagine. I, I feel like I must be crazy, but, <laughs> uh, but I'm trying. And let's see uh, how it goes. Are you so, using uh, the, the jitter for on the Max? You're using jitter from Max? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's all integrated into the one sort of platform, at least. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, there's so many possibilities. So um, it hasn't, uh, hasn't uh, been, you know, too limiting for me, you know. You can really explore uh, a lot of aspects of both audio and video with that software. So it's been very, uh, yeah, just very inspiring to work with it. Absolutely. 
So the concert that this um, performance is on, it's, it's part of a larger gathering discuss, discussing the sound art climate in this country. And from what I can tell from what you told me is that you know, would know quite a bit about uh, all sorts of different aesthetics and genres happening within Canada. So what in this current sound art world makes you the most excited in Canada? That's a good question. Um, it's such a diverse field, I think, at the moment. Uh, and depending where you are in the country, there's different focuses on sound art or the popularity of it. Um, like I, I'm from Edmonton in Alberta, and there's quite a big kind of noise scene in Edmonton. Really? Um, on the last time I performed in Edmonton, there was three noise gigs going on the same night. Oh my gosh. So uh, I had no idea. Yeah, it just, I don't know, over the last several years, it's kind of flourished. So there's, you know, pockets of that kind of thing, you know, and of course in, in Quebec, it has, you know, every kind of sound art thing going on, mm -hmm. you know, all at the same time there and uh, very different from, you know, what happens here in Alberta for sure. So I don't know what the hottest thing right now is. I'm going to Toronto to talk to people and find out what they're up to and what is going on. So I'm quite excited just, you know, to make those connections and find out what people are doing. You know, this country is so big that, you know, it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on in every part of the country. Absolutely. The, the diversity itself is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's see. I'm excited to see. 